Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight Hit strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. You know it, at Mariners Pod. Gary Hill with you. Thanks for being here. Big weekend coming up for the Mariners as they take on the Minnesota Twins, the first of four coming up tonight with the King, Felix Hernandez on the Hill. So we have a big podcast for you. First, we'll get ready for the three-game series against Minnesota, a quick preview of the series. Also coming up later, tied to that, a feature about Felix Hernandez and his history against Minnesota. Some of you may know that he has dominated the Minnesota Twins through the years. It may even surprise you how much so he has dominated the Twins. So a feature coming up on that in a few minutes. Dan Bresbris, the voice of the Bakersfield Blaze, will be here as well. So we'll check in on how Bakersfield is doing. That's a fun conversation. That will come up in a few minutes. Also, we have a new feature coming. I think you're going to like this one. It involves the All-Star Game. So that comes up in a few minutes as well. First things first, though, off day yesterday, so no game to talk about, just uh, a weekend to look at as the Mariners come in. First place in the AL West, 28-18, and 18, a game and a half up on the Texas Rangers. Mariners, of course, red hot. They've won two in a row, seven of their past nine. They've won 10 of their past 12 series. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Twins... A lot expected of the Twins coming into the season. 83-79 and 79 last year. They finished second in the Central and just three games out of the wild card. They really took it to the end. Uh, didn't make the postseason, but right there. And with a young team, Paul Mulder in his second year as the skipper. Expectations pretty high for the Twins, but a slow start. 0-9 to start the season for Minnesota. And they, they've never recovered. They've lost uh, eight of their past ten ball games, and the numbers just aren't pretty when you look at it in comparison to the Mariners. Mariners runs scored second in the American League with 220. The Twins, 167, last in the American League. Pitching, Mariners 3.20 ERA. That's best in the American League. 
The Twins, 5.07. That's last in the American League. Twins still with talent, but they have not been able to put things together yet this year. So let's take a look at the pitching matchups for this weekend. Felix Hernandez will get the ball tonight. 7-10 first pitch. Kings Court will be in session. Extra seats there as well. 4-3, a 2-2-1 ERA, the second-best ERA in the American League. Rich Hill is the only better in the AL. Again, more on Felix coming up at the end of the podcast. Pat Dean, a lefty, will get the ball for Minnesota. 0-1-3-8-6 ERA. He's making his second big league start, his fourth big league appearance. Mariners, too, something to keep in mind. They've hit more home runs than any team this year against lefties. They'd like to keep that going, especially with the way they're swinging the bats. On Saturday, first pitch tonight, by the way, 7-10. Saturday, 7-10, first pitch. Wade Miley, 5-2, 4-5-0 ERA, will take on Phil Hughes, who has really struggled, 1-7 with a 5-5-5 ERA. And then Sunday, day baseball, 1-10, first pitch. Taiwan Walker, 2-4, ERA against Ricky Nolasco, 1-3, a 5-5-4 ERA. So the Mariners playing some great baseball. It'll be, we'll see, obviously without Marte at shortstop, we'll see how long Martin is out, how many games he'll be down. Mariners hope to get him back at some point this weekend. So the M's a little shorthanded coming into this weekend, but uh, swinging some hot sticks, and we'll see if they can carry the momentum from the last ball game, just exploding on the A's and trying to take out the Twins. Mariners, fourth best record in the big leagues right now. The Cubs at 31 and 14. The Red Sox at 29 and 18. The Giants, 30 and 19. And then the Mariners, fourth best at 28 and 18. Also the second best record in the American League. So it should be a fun weekend at Safeco Field, first of three, starting tonight against the Minnesota Twins. Okay, so before we get to Dan, here's what we're going to do. This is a new feature that we'll have once in a while. It's called Vote Mariners. It involves the All-Star Game, and we're doing it for a few reasons. One is I love the All-Star Game. It It is one of my favorite things. It goes back to childhood when, and I still love it to this day, seeing all the players lined up. for. There's just something about the uniforms and the hats and everything else just lined up one next to another, especially – when I grew up, because it's not like today where you can turn on the app at any point and see any game anytime you want. It was just so unique to see all those uniforms in one spot, and it's still, for some reason, magical for me. And I've always loved the All-Star Game because of that, and I still do. So I love the All-Star Game. I love talking about the All-Star Game. So this is a fun excuse to do it. Two, I also love looking around the league, and I feel like we don't. I don't do that enough – I mean, I'd like to do it more, I guess is what I'm saying in this podcast. And in a thumbnail, this kind of gives us a good excuse to do it, kind of take a, a journey around the league and really talk about some of the some of the players playing really well in Major League Baseball. Three, I mean, this is your opportunity as we talk about voting Mariners. You can go online and, and vote for the Mariners in the All-Star game. We all saw the impact that had last year with the Kansas City Royals. And four... A way to say thank you, because along with this, we're going to give away some tickets 
and we're going to try and do this every time we run this promotion. Again, I talk about it all the time. You're the backbone of, of what we do here, and I appreciate you listening. The interaction is so much fun. All the feedback I got from just yesterday alone was awesome. I love it all the time. This is so much fun. You're just the best. I love the interaction, and so this is a small way to say thank you. So here's what we're going to do. I think as we move through this, we'll get some other voices involved, some other highlights, more of a conversation, which I think will be fun. Right now, though, it'll just be me. And what we're going to do is take a look at American League second baseman. And here's where the tickets are involved. So what we're going to do is give away two tickets to Monday's game against the San Diego Padres. Day baseball from Safeco Field, 110 tickets to that ball game. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about second base. So obviously we'll talk about Robinson Cano, number 22 Robinson Cano. So the 22nd person to tweet or email me, tweet at Gary Hill Jr., email GaryHillPXP at gmail.com. It's all time stamped. So the 22nd person to reach me with the number of Robinson Cano's RBIs, which is not a secret, and we'll be talking about it in just a second. But <laughs> the 22nd person to tweet or email me the number of Cano's RBIs will get tickets, two of them, to Monday's game against the Padres. So hopefully we do more of this, give away some tickets on the podcast. First time we've done this, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, so and why we're starting with second base is second base offensively has been fantastic in the American League. I mean, traditionally not known as a power position, but if you combine all second basemen and compare them to every other position group, one of the top OPS in baseball, third baseman, they're at the at the top of the heap, 768 in terms of OPS, right field 767, but then second baseman, 763, third of the position group, and not too far behind in home runs. DH is 107, first baseman 103, uh, third baseman 104, first baseman 103, and then second baseman 90. I mean, not too far back at all. And then you start peeling back the layers as we talk about guys that deserve all-star bids or all-star considerations. And in, I don't know, any other year, there's a lot of guys that are having all-star type seasons. And it's remarkable to look down the list because you have so many guys playing well. You have bounce-back guys like Dustin Pedroia from the Red Sox batting 306, six homers, 20 RBIs, OPS of 841. You have Brett Laurie with the new team, you know, playing pretty well. OPS of 775, six homers, 20 RBIs. Scope from Baltimore, having a nice season. Jason Kipnis there as well. Uh, you have Odor, who's played well for the Texas Rangers, seven homers, 25 RBIs. Ian Kinsler, 873 OPS. That's the third highest in the American League, an average over 300. He's the only, uh, only the second second baseman over double figures in home runs with 10. He's also knocked in 24 runs. So you have this whole list of guys playing well at the position. Castro from the Yankees, another. But 
at this position, there is a clear-cut top two. Jose Altuve and Robinson Cano. In fact, these two are under MVP consideration. I mean, that's how good Altuve and Cano have been this year. For Altuve, he's a leader in OPS at 943. He's batting 311 on the season, an on-base percentage of 395. He's hit for power, 18 doubles, 9 homers, 27 RBIs. He's drawn 25 walks. He has swiped 15 bags, having a monster season for the Houston Astros. Now, for Cano, well, you know all about the season Robinson Cano is having. The 2-1, swing and a well-hit ball, deep to right field. This one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. It just misses the Hit It Here Cafe way back into the lower deck, down the right field side. Robbie Cano with his 14th home run of the season. Holy cannoli, and the Mariners now lead it 13-3 over the A's. Yeah, 14 home runs. That's tied for the American League lead with Frazier from the White Sox and Trumbo from Baltimore. 43 RBIs. He was passed by Ortiz yesterday, but 43 ribbies is second in the American League, hitting for a ton of power, also batting 295 on the season, 345 on base percentage, 13 doubles along the way as well. Uh, you pace out the numbers, and it, it's crazy. I mean, RBI is near 150, doubles, homers, closing in on 50, I and mean, that's when you pace out his numbers but Cano having a monster monster season and certainly Altuve Cano both deserving of the all-star game I'd be shocked if both weren't in the all-star game but if you want to see Cano as the starter well the segment's called vote Mariners go to Mariners.com to vote for Robbie Cano if you want to see him starting in the all-star game Cano and Altuve just above a very good pack at second base so there it is, our first our first Vote Mariners segment. I think we'll get creative with it as we move through, but our toe on the water here. And importantly, I think you heard the big number, 43. That's the RBI total you're looking for. Again, 22nd email, Twitter, GaryHillPXP at gmail.com or at GaryHillJr. So now we're going from all-stars in the majors to maybe some future all-stars. We're going to talk about the Bakersfield Blaze. Well, now we get a chance to visit with the voice of the Bakersfield Blaze, Dan Bespris. Dan, you've been with us before. It's great to have you back again. It's great to chat. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a few months. We had an off season to uh, to mull over all the things that uh, you and I wanted to talk about with one another. And uh, what did we come up with? <laughs> I think we have a long list. It's been an interesting year for you so far, but I want to start with one of the Mariners' recent draft picks, Andrew Moore, who now is no longer with the Bakersfield Blaze. He gets the promotion, but you have seen every one of his starts so far this season. The numbers look fantastic. What have you seen from Andrew Moore this year? Yeah, that's a nice uh, topical discussion since we just <laughs> lost him yesterday. Uh, we're not happy about that as far as selfish Blaze fans go, but you know, as Mariners fans go, this is uh, a, a well-deserved promotion. Andrew was tremendous to watch for a couple of reasons. From the broadcaster standpoint, I don't know if I've ever seen a pitcher work as fast as Andrew Moore does. 
In fact, he's almost eliminated the windup altogether, and he just and we use the expression "just get it and go." Uh, eventually, you'll see it, and it's it's crazy. He catches the ball from the catcher. He doesn't. There's nothing with the arms in the windup. It's just kick and fire, and you sort of forget sometimes. He gets to around 90, 95 pitches, and you feel like he should only be at about 70, just based on how much time it's taken. But um, just from a, from a baseball standpoint, he attacks hitters. He's not afraid of these guys, and he got most hitters out with a fastball right around 90 miles an hour. You know, he's not overpowering people, but he is tremendous at locating his stuff. Um, he goes up the ladder. He goes down, left, right, you name it, and and he spots that thing with perfection. And it, baseball sometimes can become a very simple game. Andrew is a guy that reminds us of that. When you can locate one good pitch, you can get a lot of people out. And he's been getting a lot of people out. And his numbers really jump off the page. His success has been really impressive. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it makes sense. It's not fluky. Uh, batters are only hitting a buck 88 against him in the California League, or they were prior to his promotion. Um, 47 strikeouts in about 55 innings. He'd only walk 13. Everything translated the way it should have. Uh, when you're that aggressive, when you don't put guys on for free, when you spot your stuff well, he's you know there's there's just a lack of fear in a young guy, and uh, he was awesome to have around. I, I I feel like he's well positioned to have success at almost any level when you have that makeup, when you work at that nice tempo, your defense plays well behind you. Um, and I think the secondary pitches are pretty good. They will come along. He's still a very young guy, but uh, he's ready for Double A. Drew Jackson. Andrew Moore, of course, Pac-12, Oregon State, Drew Jackson as well at Stanford, and his numbers look pretty good as well. But I, I want to start with his defense. I remember watching him in college, and I was always blown away by his rocket of an arm. What have you seen from him defensively so far this year? I'm really glad that you, I'm really glad you brought that up. His arm is unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, I, you read a little bit about it, and, you know, everybody talks about the speed, and everybody talks about the line drive hitting ability, and that he has a good glove at short, but his arm is incredible. He made one of the most amazing plays that I've ever seen earlier this year. It was in that uh, that Derek Jeter mold of the leaping throw at shortstop, but he was way out there on the outfield grass, and it wasn't, uh, I think, the, the throw type that everybody's sort of accustomed to was Jeter would back end, he'd jump in the air, and then he'd throw what was sort of like a hard lollipop all the way across the field to first, but the play happened so quickly, he would often get the guy. Drew did that, that play, except his leaping throw was a laser beam. I have no idea how the momentum could shift and he could throw a ball on a line like that. But uh, his arm is, is really spectacular. He does have eight errors this year, but most of them have come on short arms throws, the easy plays where he just eases off a little bit and bounces the throw to first. So those simple things, they get worked out as guys – play more baseball as they kind of learn when they can utilize the, the big throwing arm, when they can ease off a little bit. He's been really fun to watch too. And, and a nice sharp kid. He's, he's a fun guy to have around in the clubhouse too. Who else has stood out to you so far this season? Well, you know, it's been sort of a weird season with this blaze team. We're 19 and 26 and we're the only team right now in the Mariners farm system that's under 500, but I don't know that I've ever seen a team seven games under 500 that's this close to being five games over 500. Mm. I mean, this is like a 99-piece puzzle 
that's missing one piece every night, and that is what cost them the game. For instance, last night, and this is more from the team perspective, and then we'll, we'll narrow it down to a couple of guys. Last night, the team stranded 13 runners, including the bases loaded twice in the final three innings, mm. and lost by two. You know, you're talking about one hit away from winning that ball game. When you have that many runners, you just need one hit at the right time, and that loss becomes a win. But, you know, from an individual standpoint, uh, I've been really impressed with Tyler Herb, one of our starting pitchers down here in Bakersfield. He's 4-2 and two with an ERA of 263. He has 54 strikeouts in just 48 innings. He led the league in strikeouts for a while. Um, did miss a start because of a rainout, and I think if not for that, he'd probably still be the league leader in strikeouts. Um, big fastball. That's what's been impressive with Herb. He's got a good breaking pitch, but the heat, and, and I don't know that I knew this was coming with Tyler, is 92 to 94, 95 sometimes. Most of the way through, he's chewing up innings. Uh, he's been a great starter for this club. Uh, on the offensive side, and of course, feel free to cut me off if I start to monologue you here a little no, bit. No, no, this is good. Kyle Petty, Kyle Petty's been an awesome story for now a year and change, and he's a guy that I think folks in the Mariners system are probably hearing more about. Um, he came to us last season, started the year here in Bakersfield in 2015 as the second string catcher slash first baseman and played sparingly, you know, once every other, once every three days in the season's first half. But Eddie Menchaca, our manager, realized the team is just better with him in the lineup. Um, that information was certainly relayed through to the, the different parties that, uh, that make the big decisions. And by the second half last year, he was playing every day. Uh, I know he played down in Australia this offseason, and this year he's the starting everyday first baseman. And he's played in every game except one this year, hitting 315, five homers, 25 RBIs. He leads the team in batting average. He's second on the team in on-base percentage. Um, kind of a low-round draft pick that played his way into a starting role, and now he's a key cog, maybe the key cog on this team on offense. And maybe you just mentioned one of these guys, but Andrew Moore, who's now no longer with Bakersfield, is there another name that Mariners fans should really be paying attention to as uh, he begins to rise? Well, uh, I think the, the two guys that I mentioned just a moment ago are probably the, the big names that jump out. Um, I really like Tyler Herb as a starting pitcher. Just in When guys can pile up strikeouts at that clip, as a starter at this level, that's something that kind of draws your eye because you know, you see relievers rack up a strikeout in inning in high A, and they're reaching back, they're throwing everything they've got, they're hitting you know 96, 97. But when a guy like Herb can hit 95 for six or seven innings, that's really something that uh, you can't shake a stick at. It's he's been very good. He's been getting a lot of ground balls as well with a fastball that's that's moving at that velocity and has. Uh, good lateral and good uh, vertical movement on it as well. Um, on the relieving side, and, and that's a spot that has been kind of, uh, I don't want to call it a soft spot for the team, but there were some problems in the bullpen to start the year. Um, under, a minor league free agent by the name of Kyle Scapel, who got lit up in his one appearance at Double A. He has a really interesting breaking ball, and, and I know I'm getting awfully specific in this breakdown, <laughs> uh, but that that overhand downward breaking pitch that guys just can't lay off, hmm. 
I feel like, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, I certainly have been before, but I feel like if he gets a little bit of, uh, of activity at AA, he's a guy that can have those strikeouts translate. He's a guy that can be a back end of the bullpen guy. Um, I think it's just going to be about spotting the fastball, and, and it seems like every month he gets better at that. So um, keep an eye out for Kyle Staple. This is his second organization. He was signed as a, a minor league free agent. It, it didn't work out with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. was pitching an independent ball. Uh, I think he's better than people realize. Well, this has been fun to catch up, and we'll have to do it again soon. It's always, it's always great to talk, Dan. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Can I mention one more interesting thing that maybe folks might see at some point? Of course. All right, this is the weird one on the team. There's a reliever in the Mariners system by the name of Osmer Morales who throws a fastball about 87 miles an hour, which, you know, that's not much for a right-handed reliever. Mm-hmm. He throws a curveball about 58. So I hope <laughs> I hope that someday you guys get to see that curveball. It's like the it's the closest thing I can describe to a stop ball where it really just looks like it doesn't make it all the way to the plate. And it's not breaking that much. It just looks like it stops mid-flight. Um, he's, he's a really, really interesting arsenal. I don't know how that's going to translate as he moves up the ladder. Um, but he's a, that's a pitch that I hope you get to see someday. Well, if you want to make your 87-mile per hour fastball look fast, that is how you do it. You throw one up 58. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a nice kid, too, so hopefully he does work his way up the ladder. Oh, that's outstanding. Well, we look forward to checking it again soon. This is great. Good stuff. Yeah, can't wait. Let me know when. I'll be ready to go. And now we're going to talk about the king, Felix Hernandez, taking on the Minnesota Twins, and he has had his share of success against Minnesota. Today we examine the history between Felix Hernandez and the Minnesota Twins. Felix today takes the ball against the Twins. Felix, of course, has given fits to every team at one time or another in Major League Baseball, but perhaps none more than the Minnesota Twins. Felix against the Twins in 17 starts owns a 1.93 ERA. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Casilla. Check swing. Does he go? Yes, he does. Strike three. And there is strikeout number nine for Felix. And again, they're going crazy in the Kings court. And why not? Felix has been unbelievable. He has fashioned a gem tonight against Minnesota. His 1.93 ERA against the Twins is the second best ERA among all active pitchers against any one team with that many starts. Only Clayton Kershaw and his 1.60 against the San Francisco Giants is better. But since the Twins moved to Minnesota in 1960, no pitcher has a better ERA than Felix Hernandez against the Twins with as many starts. Felix looking for strikeout number nine. The one-two strike three called. He gets him at 92 miles an hour. Dozier is helpless. He is 0 for 3 with three punch outs, and this time he keeps the bat on his shoulder. And if you go all the way back to the beginning of the franchise, the Washington Senators, there's only three pitchers that have a better ERA against the franchise in its history than Felix Hernandez. Jim Scott, Tiny Bonham, and Babe Ruth. I've had three ambitions in my life. One was to hit 700 home runs. The other was to play 20 years. And the next one was to be in 10 World Series. I succeeded in one last year, making my 10th World Series. 
And next year gives me the opportunity to play in 20 years. And if I had 46 home runs, I'll have my 700 home runs, and I'll sure be satisfied with everything. And Felix has been especially tough lately against the Minnesota Twins. In his last six starts against Minnesota, a 0.88 ERA, 51 innings, five earned runs, 48 strikeouts. Now the windup and the 1-2 to Hunter. Strike three, called, got him looking. Torrey Hunter disagrees with Brian Knight, but that fastball right on the inside corner. Back-to-back strikeouts for Felix Hernandez, and he has 10 strikeouts for the ball game. And someone that knows a thing or two about great pitching, Hall of Famer Burt Blylevin has seen the king at work. Uh, one word, nasty. Uh, you know, he, I love watching him pitch. I really do. He goes about his business the right way. He works quick. He, uh, he really trusts trust his stuff. He attacks the strike zone. And he has so many different pitches that uh, he can get the hitter out on. Last time Felix saw Minnesota, he went the distance. Complete game, shutout, five hits, no walks, and nine punch outs. Everybody on their feet. Felix ready, the windup and the one-two pitch, swinging a ground ball right back to Felix. He's got it. Underhand flip the first, and it's in time. The ball game is over. Felix Hernandez shuts out the Minnesota Twins. Two to nothing here at Safe Goal Field. First year skipper and Hall of Famer, Paul Molitor, summed up Felix. He was filthy. You know, we really tried to stay positive even after some tough at bats early. We tried to stay close. Phil gave us an opportunity. But the few chances we did get, he got even tougher, and he was able to make those two runs stand out. And Felix, his last seven starts against the Twins at Safeco Field, an ERA under one, 0.98 in 55 innings. He is fanned 60. The one-two to Hunter, swing and a miss for strike three, gets him with the changeup. Hunter went fishing all the way across the plate inside the other batter's box. And Hunter down on strike for the second time. Make it eight punch outs for Felix tonight. And former Minnesota twin Torrey Hunter was there for that outing. He knows how great the King can be. And he knows how influential King's Court can be. King's Court. Is that King's Court? These guys get wild and loud and screaming. And and they want the K. They want that strikeout. And um, uh, so when he gets two strikes, that's got to lift uh, King Felix uh, uh, emotions his adrenaline to push him to go out and go ahead and finish this guy because of that noise and and I don't think fans understand that and pretty sure these fans understand that if you can have that energy you know for players and for your hometown team uh, it kind of lifts that team and pushes them to a way they, they want to win so there it is Felix Hernandez once again against the Minnesota Twins see you later